If you have your copy of God's Word, and I hope you do, turn to Luke chapter 19. Verses 1 through 10. It's nice to have the scripture up on the screen, but I also think it's valuable for you to have the, the Bible in front of you because I'll jump around and I'll have verses before what's the focus and after what's the focus. And it's just good to, to see the whole context in its original setting. So always have God's word with you and follow along with me. Luke 19, 1 through 10. There's a story of a wee wee man named Zacchaeus. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not on account of the crowd, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, you make haste and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, He's gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. The fact is, we're all lost. But not all, all of us are willing to admit it. Let's bow. Father, help us to see ourselves as you see us. In a fallen state in need of grace and hope and encouragement. And if you can save someone like Zacchaeus, maybe there is hope for the likes of us. Thank you for coming, not for the high and mighty, but for the down and out. Because in reality, that's who we all are. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you remember uh, Bob Barker on, what is it, The Price is Right? Amy Friedlow, come on down. And the camera would swing around and reveal Amy's surprised face and the audience would cheer, but it was a hollow cheer because they were glad somebody got chosen, but they were upset it wasn't they that were. Zacchaeus, Jesus looks up in a tree and says, Zacchaeus, come on down. And the crowd turned its attention to the tree that Zacchaeus was perched in. And they sneered and they snickered for people despised Zacchaeus. It was an unusual name. And I'm sure as soon as Jesus uttered it, they knew exactly who he was referring to. And now they were laughing at Jesus for having anything at all to do with such a notorious sinner. Only Luke tells the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And what he says isn't a whole lot, but he does give the bare minimum, the facts. 
And in this story he does tell is so characteristic of Luke because Luke, if you look at Luke's gospel, he, he's always focusing on the person who is the outcast from society and culture. Just like Zacchaeus, no one wanted to have anything to do with him. <laughs> I remember a story about a young man in preaching class. You know, when we were in seminary, we had to preach to each other. The professor gave him the assignment to preach on Luke 19, 1 through 10, on the spur of the moment, just to see how well he could preach extemporaneously. So he stood up and said, as a good Baptist preacher would say, there are three things I'd like to say about Zacchaeus. First of all, he was short, and so am I. Secondly, I would like to comment on the fact that he was up a tree, and so am I. And thirdly, I'd like to point out he made haste and came down, and so will I. <laughs> you won't be as lucky, because there's some more that needs to be said here tonight about Zacchaeus. Tradition says that he was so short he had to climb up in a tree to see over the crowd that had gathered around Jesus. I've noticed at Disney World when there's a parade and you don't get there a couple hours early to get a front row, you can't see some of the people in the parade, but fathers will put their children on their shoulders and they will perch up as high as they can to see that the activity is going on as they pass by. I can imagine something like that lining the streets as Jesus came into Jericho. The only way Zacchaeus was going to get a glimpse of Jesus, even at a distance, was from a tree. It says he was short physically, but I think he was probably short in a lot of ways. He was short on respect. He was short on acceptance. He was short on friends, on reputation, on integrity, on trust. We don't know how many of Zac Zacchaeus' shortfalls were the result of his own poor judgment and weak character. But we do know one fact about him that would have shaped what the public thought of him. Zacchaeus was a revenuer, chief tax collector in the Jericho office, where he and others under him, because he was the chief, so he kind of oversaw it, people collected taxes from the Jews for the Roman government. So they were kind of in the middle. They were Jewish, but they were despised by the Jews collecting money for the Romans who didn't trust them. The city that Zacchaeus worked out of was an important trade center, Jericho. It had a temperate climate. The Herods made it their winter capital. It had world-famous balsam groves, which perfumed the air for miles around. And the Romans traded the dates and the balsam of Jericho around the world. And because of its volume of commerce, it was a center of a lot of taxation in Palestine. The Romans collected personal and property taxes themselves, but they farmed out customs taxes to the collectors. And so the tax collectors bid on getting the contract with the Romans, and in order to get the bid, they had to bump the bid up as high as possible and then collect that from the Jews, and then any commission they got over that, anything they were able to get over the exorbitant tax they were already promising the Romans, they got to put in their own pockets. Their earnings depended upon the amount of taxes they collected, so they charged more taxes than they submitted to the Romans. Rome didn't really care how much they got as long as they got what was coming to them. So the more the tax collector charged above what Rome levied, the greater his income. 
And I was just looking at this again. Zacchaeus said, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. Do you realize what he's saying? I'm going to give away half of everything I own. If I've cheated anyone of anything, I'll pay them back four times. I expect he cheated everybody. So how do you pay back everybody fourfold? I think he was probably destitute when it came to financial worldly goods, but wealthy in what really mattered after Jesus left. Tax collectors abused the system. They were more affluent than anyone else in their community. And this only added to the suspicion and hatred and jealousy that surrounded them. The Romans wanted an exact accounting of the funds, but wanted no other dealing whatsoever with the Jewish tax collector. The people paying taxes wanted nothing to do with the tax collector. He was a traitor who sold out to the occupying forces. And that was, so that was the setting and the climate in which Zacchaeus worked. He was really in no man's land. The Romans didn't trust him. The Jews despised him. He was a little man caught in the middle, cheating and, and scamming his way to making a lot of money, but nothing that really mattered. We know so little about Zacchaeus, but we know he was despised and rejected. And it says often the biblical writers lump tax collectors with sinners. They were sinners and tax collectors. It's just like it's the same group. Zacchaeus' name literally means pure or righteous one. But he was treated not according to his name, but his profession. He was guilty of cheating the Jews and accommodating the Romans. One commentator describes Zacchaeus as a sawed-off little social disaster with a big bank account and a crooked job. A sawed-off little social disaster with a big bank account and a crooked job. Even if he were honest, Zacchaeus was lonely and abused, wealthy, but miserable. He climbed down that tree for several reasons. First of all, well, he climbed up that tree initially for several reasons. First of all, he probably needed protection from the crowd. His presence that day either reveals his courage or his desperation. And by joining the crowd, Zacchaeus gave the people in the crowd the opportunity to spit on him, to kick him, to push, to shove, to bruise, to insult. But Jesus saw him up in that tree and looked him eyeball to eyeball and said, Zacchaeus, come down. And the people snickered because Jesus didn't know any better than to invite himself to the house of a man that no one else would even speak to. And I wonder why, of all the people, say a thousand people in the crowd that day as he entered Jericho, of all those people, why did Jesus choose Zacchaeus? I thought of Matthew 9, 13. Or 12. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick... Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus came for sinners because the righteous didn't think they had need of him. But the sinners who knew they were sinners 
were desperate enough to admit that they did. Zacchaeus climbed up in that tree to get a better view of Jesus, but something ironic happened. Jesus also got a better view of Zacchaeus. He saw and spoke to a man in a tree who was a lot like us, hurting because he was isolated, isolated, going through life alone, isolated because maybe a stand we have taken, a conviction we hold, a profession we practice, maybe a disease we have, or some other characteristic that sets us apart and makes us different. Whenever we are different and isolated, our survival instinct takes over and it insulates us. If nobody likes me, that's fine. I don't like them either. I don't need anybody. I can go through life all by myself. So we put on a mask and we pretend to be happy, to be enjoying life, to be all pretense. We claim we like spending time by ourselves. We may enjoy being alone when it's a matter of choice, but to be lonely all the time is never anyone's choice. Jesus knew what it meant for Zacchaeus to be up a tree out on a limb, and he knows what it means for us. So I'm glad Jesus said to Zacchaeus, you come down, because if he said it to Zacchaeus, he can also say it to each of us. Wayne, come on down. John, come on down. Jim, come on down. Come on down from that perch where you have isolated yourself. Come down to friendship and forgiveness and love and grace and acceptance. The story is told of Michelangelo who was pushing a huge rock down the road one day. He was asked why he was doing it. And he said, because there's an angel in here just waiting to come out. And I think in Zacchaeus, Jesus saw something, a potential, not who he was or who the world made him to be, but who God made him to be. Jesus recognized ultimately that it was not the world that made Zacchaeus, it was God. And God's image was on him. And I believe people behave differently when they're treated differently. All of his professional life, Zacchaeus had been treated as if he were, had leprosy. He was always on the fringe. People related to him only when they absolutely had to. And even then their contact was at a bare minimum. They never really established a relation with the tax collector. And then along came Jesus who said, come on down. Because I'm going to your house today. And Zacchaeus said what he would do because Jesus looked up in that tree and loved him. And before Jesus ever shared with him who he was in the gospel, what he came to do, Zacchaeus' heart, almost like the Grinch, I think it grew through three sizes that day. And he said, I'm going to give half of everything I have to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll pay him back fourfold. Huh. So he kept track of who he defrauded, didn't he? He had records, and he knew. And just Jesus 
speaking to him brought him to the point of conviction. Jesus said, salvation has come to this house today. Zacchaeus was lost, but he was found, isolated. He needed to be somewhere in relationship with God, in relation with other human beings, delivered from that isolation, from rejection, delivered to the love and grace and acceptance and forgiveness of God. Luke tells this story to show what all of us, all of us can have. Our situation may be a little different from that of Zacchaeus. We may be the in crowd and not the outcast. Few of us look at Zacchaeus and see ourselves. We don't collect taxes, we pay them. We work hard to have some measure of respectability. What other people think about us is important to us. We have hidden away those things that threaten us. Our camouflage is just a little more sophisticated than sycamore tree leaves though. We hide ourselves so well behind the faces we wear that often we forget who we are. But Jesus looks at us and says, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what other people think of you or even what you might think of yourself. Because I, I love you and I treasure you because of who you are, who God created you to be. And I'd like to come to your house today if you'll have me. Jesus said that to Zacchaeus. And he says it to each of us. If like Zacchaeus, we'll just admit how great a need we really have. For the healthy have no need of a physician, but only the sick. For Jesus came not to call the righteous, but the sinner to repentance. If Jesus came just for the righteous, he would have been wasting his time because they thought they needed no repentance. It's those who know they're sinners and humble themselves and admit it that Jesus can come to. And he'd like to do that for each of us this evening. Let's bow together. Of the thousand people in the crowd that day, Jesus looked up in a tree and his eyes connected with a little man named Zacchaeus. And in that one look, Zacchaeus' life was changed for all eternity because he was able to admit who he was and what he had done 
the sins he had committed against the Jewish people, the cheating and embezzling and scamming that had been part of his everyday career. And in that one look, in that one willingness for a man named Jesus to have fellowship with him, turn Zacchaeus' life around. Jesus, thank you for coming for sinners such as we. Help us to admit our need and welcome you into our lives and into our homes this day and always. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.